What's up, everybody? It's Brad and Andrew from Auto Off Topic. The coloring contest is back and now much improved thanks to super listener Frank Eck. The contest is simple. Complete one of the pages of the coloring book found on our Facebook page or the Auto Off Topic coloring contest Facebook page in any of two mediums. Digital, using any computer program, or analog, be it colored pencil, marker, crayon, watercolor, however you choose. One entry counted per medium per person. Each individual can have a total of two entries, one per format. There will also be two age groups, age 15 and below, and ages 16 on up. Links to the coloring book pages can be found on our Facebook page and the Facebook page for the coloring contest. Electronic entries, including scanned entries, can be sent to us via email, autooftopicpodcast at gmail.com. Paper copies can be sent by snail mail to Auto Off Topic Podcast Contest, 83 Lakeshore Drive, Georgetown, Massachusetts, 01833. Note, all hard copies received will not be returned, period. The contest runs through November 30th. The company's and owner's group's donating prizes are Mitsubishi Motors North America, Adventure Driven Design, Forced Performance, Palladian Trucks, Northeast Mitsubishi 4x4, Mitsubishi Montero Owners Group of the USA, Florida Mitsubishi 4x4, and Mitsu Nation Facebook Group. Please enjoy this free contest, and don't forget, entries must be postmarked by November 30th, 2017. Good luck. No, is this, um, is this the same people that make the Iron Maiden beer? No. No. Different. I don't think. No. When you said Iron Maiden beer, my it's definitely not. No, I just looked at the the label. It it looks like the font they use for Iron Maiden. Maybe it's just supposed to be reminiscent of that. It's hardcore. Well, it's called hardcore, hard, hardcore, hardcore Chimera. Yeah, which is a very metal sounding name. Yep. Considering hardcore would be a metal genre, and Chimera is actually a metal band. Finch <laughs> Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. I never heard of them. Nope, but it's a cool looking can. Yeah, try it out. It's definitely um, it's one of those new like. It's not printed. It's like heat shrunk. Yeah, I'm confused by the label, though. Why? What is that animal? It's got two heads and four legs. That's a chimera. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. <laughs> wow, that was bad. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome, welcome to Auto Off Topic. I haven't even opened it yeah. and I'm already in trouble. Yeah, welcome to Auto Off Topic. Yes, way off topic to begin way the show. Way off topic. Episode Talking 61. Future animals that I don't even know, or ancient animals that I don't even know. Uh, mythical animals. Yeah, yeah, mythical, excuse me. <laughs> ancient, mythical, same thing. So, uh, I don't know. Did you try it yet? No, I you didn't open it yet, no. Hold on, i got to bring it to the mic and open it for full effect. Sure. Ooh, that's really good. That's a... Um, it's an imperial pale ale. Yeah. So it's 9%. It's not very bitter, though. Like, no. Uh, that is real good. So, And things are probably going to get real good later as we drink that. Uh, well, I'm only having one. so Yeah. Because be, it's, a, it's a 16 or a pint. Yeah, I, I, will, I will be the uh, voice of reason okay. later on in the episode when you're halfway through your second 9% one-piner. All right. So before I get too far, last week I definitely called... This Hot Wheels Skyline, the new one, an R31, and that is not, not it's, it. it's an R30. It's like, ah. So I didn't even pick up that you did it, but. Well, I got confused. Actually, it'll be a DR30. Because I was reading the Speed Hunters article about that giant tuner in Japan that does restorations on that body style car. Yeah, they had like three articles in that place. 
Yeah, because they have different... I think it's called R30 house. It's R31 or R31 house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the guy's like into all like the two generations of those things. Yeah. And he's got like hundreds of them. Yeah, to restore, which is pretty cool. That is definitely a really cool skyline. Like I'm... It's one of my favorites. I'm kind of down with that more yeah. than... They're not huge, huge money. Like, it's not cheap by any means. No. But they're significantly less expensive than an R32. Yes. Or anything newer than that. Yeah. No, they're pretty cool. Yeah, no, they're, 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 you can get them. They're not impossible to get. They have a weird motor from the factory is one of the things that was only in that car. Um, but it's still a straight six. <sighs> yeah. It's not like an RB though. It's a different straight six. I almost want to say it's a four in that car. All right. Well, you look that up real quick. I'm going to have to look it up because now I don't want to be wrong. And we'll do project car updates real quick because we've got some listener questions. So will you look that up? So I said last week the Montero was running great, and then it proceeded to break down on me the next morning when I went to work. FJ20ET. It's a two-liter four-cylinder. It's a two-liter four-cylinder. Yes. And it's really? a weird motor. It's like only in that car. Huh. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, early 80s, mid-80s Nissan, non-U.S. market. Early 80s. Not came out came out really early. really Not well versed in that. (laughs) No, I'm not either. But uh, yeah, FJ20 is the motor in the car. Anyway, go on. They had a lot of that's. It's so weird to me that they had like big straight fours. Yeah, this is a two point four in the same company. They'd have they had V6s and the 300Zs and the 280Zs. Yeah, and then you had a a straight six for Skylines. That's what I mean. That's the L series. Yeah. Wait, you don't know the V6 was in the 300ZXs. Yeah, you had VQs. Yeah. Um, which were there VQs yet in the early cars? We're not well versed at Nissan. This is very apparent right now. But they also did a straight six um, Z31. Is that body style? Yeah. That was called the 200ZR, not a 300ZX. Hmm. That had the RB in it. We used a straight six. It was Japanese only. Remember I saw one last year up in Maine, of all places, that blue one? I seen a picture of it. No, I don't remember that. It was I was driving down the street in Maine, and I saw this bright blue, initially what I thought was a 300ZX. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's really cool. I, really, I really vaguely cool. remember that. I think... And then I caught it, caught it in my eyes, I was like, it's right-hand drive. And then I saw I had a 200ZR badge in the back. And I was like, holy crap, why is there a 200ZR up here, literally in the middle of the woods in Maine? <laughs> well, that was there... There was a 432... The Z432 was the first gen S30 body style with a twin cam uh, straight six. Yes, but there was one six. at Japanese Car Day not four last years year, ago. It was a few but years the back. year before, yeah. The, the orangey one. Yeah. That's the early car. It's totally different than the. Because all of that body style Z car was straight six. Mm-hmm. The 200ZR would be the, I think. Uh, Z31 body style, body style, excuse me, it was like a 90-ish, 91, which would have been a VQ in every other car. Or Wait. Not a VQ, but a V6. Wait, so the, like the new Z for like 1990, the the Z31? No, the one right before that, so up to 89 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm terrible with, so I, I, Z, S, a Z31. S, Z, I don't know, whatever. Is, so 1990 is a Z31. And that's when it went through like 95 or 96, whatever it was here. 98. Was it that late? Yeah. 
Man, I am way not versed in this conversation. I, was no, I like those cars. So that was the those were the Japanese supercars. Those were the Z31. Right. So I'm talking the body style right before that. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. So the one that came out in '84. Yeah, but it was the facelifted version with the smoother taillights and yeah. the smoother looking headlights and the rounded corners. Which uh, I'm coming back around to those. I didn't like them. I like them. The later ones. And the earlier ones come around. Did you ever well. like them? I've always liked the later okay. ones. I never liked them. But now they're growing on me. No, I'm a fan. And I think it's kind of cool you can get T-tops with them. Mm-hmm. Goes well with the Radwood theme. Well, it's kind of cool you can get T-tops in the later ones, too. It's kind of cool you can get T-tops in anything because T-tops are awesome. They're super inconvenient and awkward and terrible, but they're yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, But anyway, so yeah, they did a straight six on that, but this... We're completely around the bend from where we started. It is an R30 Skyline, the Hot Wheels, which is an FJ20 four-cylinder powered Skyline. Okay. And they didn't make... That generation, there was never a GTR. No. It would have been a GT. It was a GTRS, I think. See, now you're GTSR? screwing up again. Because uh, it's not. I don't think. I think it was a GT. was a, was a, Whatever. Anyway. Really bad at this. <laughs> I, we don't know Nissans. It's it's we've never been like Nissan people. Like I know a lot more about I knew Toyotas than I, I know about Nissans. I was good with Infinities when I was working there. Yeah, well it's a professional thing. And then uh, I just can't do it anymore. But um the uh so anyway. The Montero, uh it was really cold last week. It's still cold. I took it to work, I got five minutes from my house to where I get coffee, and I stop and I'm, like, driving. I'm, like, hmm, this exhaust hasn't, like, heated up yet. There's a lot of condensation coming out the back. And, of course, I stop, and there's, like, steam rolling out from under the hood. And I'm, like, ah. And I'm, like, realized that the, the heat, you know, the temperature gauge was in the middle, but there was no heat coming out. So I was, like, hmm, probably blew a heated core line, which would be really annoying. So I was, like, well, I'm here. I'll get my coffee <laughs> and I go back out. And I was like, well, I better go bring it home. So it's like five minutes. I get it home. I shut it down. Never went over three quarters. So that's good. As far as temperature goes? Yeah. Mean? Okay. Because I don't live. It wasn't far. And it was super it's cold. cold. Yeah. It was super, super cold. Um, uh, I pop the hood and there's just like steam and I can see the back. There's like water, you know, there's coolant boiling in the back of the engine. Uh, and I was like, whatever. I got to go to work. Luckily, I'd left early that morning. So I ended up working at normal time. So I get home and then I check it and that was that photo I posted. The the hose just totally split, split down the burst. Yeah. So I think it was the new. I had two things. We had a new, a new ish radiator and yep. a new radiator cap. So, so the pressure was probably a lot more higher. Pressure than it had and it before, found the yeah. weak spot and blew that out. So which kind of sucks. It was all fresh coolant in there. So lost all that nice coolant. I mean, I'd rather lose all that nice coolant around the corner from the house than have it split on. 495 on your way to work and you not know it because it's not steaming in traffic because you're driving down the highway. Yeah, that's true. And then it overheats and you got to put a motor in it after just spending all that time doing the timing belt and shutter wheel. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so tonight before the podcast, uh, I had a little time. I had ordered last week the heater hoses online. Uh, they showed up because they come as a kit because sometimes the problem with owning a owning a semi-unique vehicle is that there are dealer-only parts. So I could have put, um, like, just some standard 5.8 hose, mm-hmm. 
but the amount of work is to put just a piece of hose in there is the same as just waiting and putting in the correct formed heater hoses. Right. I didn't need the truck. I had the super to drive, so I was like, I'll just wait. But you did, and now it's cold out, and I had to do it in the cold. It wasn't that bad, because I was moving, so I put them on. I will say that I arrived just in time. Yep. To help. Yep. Because you were done. I literally was starting you it. You were just bleeding the system. I'm bleeding it, so. <laughs> uh, so my hands are clean, is what I'm trying to seems say. Seems to be good yeah. to go now. Um, then I'll just keep checking it. A little more yeah, shake It should down. be fine. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't take it to work and rely on it yet. Just go around the block and yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, like I was telling you when we were standing outside, you are very particular when it comes to bleeding the coolant system in your vehicles. Yes. And ninety eight percent of people on the world, probably even ninety nine percent of people in the world, just fill it, close it, and drive it. Yeah. So we only bleed it when it becomes a problem. Yeah. So I'm sure it's fine because you tried to bleed it and we'll see what happens, but Yeah. Yeah, I'll drive around the block. It'll be fine. Yep. So the this beer has a backstory to it. It does. Uh, Nothing to do with the beer itself. No, just how we acquired said beer. The eighty nine Montero has moved on to a sold new it for a four pack of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this buyer contacted me a couple of weeks ago. We'd been talking via text. He called me up a couple of times. I had sent him the videos that I made of it, which, you know, to be honest, if you're trying to sell a car and you have the capability, well, most people do with their phones now, do a walk around video of your car and like show stuff and like start also it up, show it running, show yeah. it running and stuff. Cause this guy was long distance ish. And, uh, I think that helped push the sale. So he saw, all the really nice pictures I took of it. And then he saw the walk around and I pointed out as many issues as I felt were needed to be pointed out. As you could fit into a video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I was very upfront about all the, the little rust in the body panels and stuff. And the, yeah, it the dents and dings. No, nope, it was crap for it, but it was in better shape than mine. Nope. And I, you know, made sure that I went under and showed the frame and how nice and clean the frame is. Right. And solid. So, he was really happy with it, but he was like, listen, I'm three hours away. Uh, if you take full asking price, would you deliver it? And I was like, mm, yeah, that seems fair. Yep. So, you know, we took a little, I took it a deposit. We arranged uh, a time and we went down on Saturday. You followed me. I did. And you're the car. Yep. I dropped it off to him. Uh, I don't know. The guy worked some crazy hours. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a weird situation. I'll give you that. That's for sure. I've he never was... been in this kind of, <laughs> very, it was very trusting on both your parts. Yeah, well, I mean, we agreed that the deposit would be non-refundable if I showed up and he didn't want the truck for some reason because it would cover our time and yep. gas for going back and forth. Right. So he was okay with that. He was like, well, if it shows up exactly the way you describe it, it's not going to be a problem. I was like, it'll show up exactly the way I describe it, so it won't be. He called me on the way down there. He's like, listen, I got to go into work. He called into work. I'm not going to be home. I'll leave the money. And the keys outside, outside, yeah, no keys in a coffee can, yeah, the money and yeah. the and um, just uh, there's a four pack of beer there for you. Just take that and leave the keys and the title in there, uh, and you'll be good to go. I was like, all right, sounds good. Yeah. So <laughs> when he says leave it outside, he literally on his back porch in his backyard, yeah, in a Folgers can, yeah, was the remainder of the money for the truck, 
and this four pack of beer next to it. Yeah. And he had a little Nest camera set up to watch the money, which that was kind of And then he, I looked at my phone, he texted me, he's like, oh, the truck looks great. So he clearly had it set a for like a alert. The front as well. Yeah. yeah. And so, and come to find out he was in like cybersecurity. So it's like, oh, okay. Okay. That makes he sense. Probably knows everything about me. Yep. <laughs> He knows where to bring the truck back to yeah. if he needs to. Yeah. So uh, it was strange. I've never had a person. Not only did he buy the truck pretty much sight unseen, but he didn't have to, and then he did because he left for work. I, so he's like, "I'm just going to leave the money in my yard," I, which I guess is no different than sending the money across the country and having a car shipped. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a super expensive truck, and he was happy with all the photos and the videos. So, yeah. whatever, I'm happy. He's happy. It's gone. I don't have to worry about it now. It was just one of those things that if you told me this was how it was going to go down, I'd be like, this guy's not really buying the truck. Yeah. But, but he, he did. He called me when we were already like an hour there. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds good. I mean, I talked to him a couple times on the phone. So yeah. I was like, whatever. Worked. I mean, we were already going to this random person's house in the middle of Connecticut and had no idea where we were going anyway. So it was already sketchy enough. But Well, it was the middle of the day at least. Still, it's just, I don't know. It's it's no we different. Live in a scary world, Andrew. <laughs> it's no different than any other Craigslist buying or selling. Like it's just, different than some Craigslist buying transactions. Yeah, I mean, at some point, <laughs> like you, you have to do it in person, or you like. Yeah. Well, they say now that you're supposed to go to like a, a safe spot. Like you can go to arrange to meet in a parking lot of like a very busy store or a um, a lot of police departments will allow you to do a Craigslist transaction in the police department parking lot now. I could see that. For like a small item, whatever. Yeah. It's just different for a car. I just, I, I don't know. It's white dude. Like I just. White dude. What does I, that mean? I don't even think of it. I can just. <laughs> oh, okay. You're invoking, you're invoking your privileges. Yeah, I, yeah. You don't think of it, right? So like, to be to show up to somebody's house, it's like not, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh you hope though. I guess we've been pretty lucky with it, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, admonishing to our audience or instructing our audience to be more careful than we were. Yeah, basically. No, you should be. Yeah, try, try not to get killed more than we did. <laughs> fine, <laughs> totally fine. Walk in the guy's backyard. I've heard some crazier stories lately. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. That's what I have. What did we do? Did we do anything to your truck last week? Um, Did you just adjust the carb? Was that last week or the week before? It was last week. Okay. So we haven't talked about it. Uh, we did adjust the carb. On the Raider. On the, yeah, the red Raider that's now running excellently. That's the other thing because I had to swap the power steering pump on the 89. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't, it's got a weird bleeding process. Speaking of bleeding things. Super weird bleeding process. Yeah. So we couldn't make it bleed. And like then we I couldn't bleed the air out of and it. I, then I smartly. Checked the factory service manual after the fact. Again, thanks, Frank, for always reminding us to do that in the first place. Yeah. But we've bled um, power steering systems a thousand times, and you never do it with the truck off. No. This is like the first time I've ever seen it be with the vehicle off, which apparently we've never done one in a Gallant or a Talon. No, I have. I did the steering. But it's uh, the same pump, so do you have to do it with it off in those cars too? No, because it doesn't have a it's box. power steering rack. actual rack. Yeah. Anyway. I've just, I, I've never, I've never, okay, I have, my Starion is a power steering box. Yep. But everything else that I own with a box has manual steering, so I've never really dealt with it before. Yeah. And I guess maybe I've never had to bleed the system in a Starion. I guess not. 
Yeah, there's a little bleeder on the box. Mm-hmm. So then you fill up your reservoir, which, uh, again, looking at the factory service manual, the power steering type is, it says, uh, Dextron type ATF, which the book is old. So SP3 superseded all the Dextron stuff for Mitsubishi. Really? So like Dex4 or 3 would be fine in it? Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. Because I know you were pretty adamant about using SP3 in it originally. Uh, yeah, well, SP3 is apparently a version of Dextron, Dextron. with more friction modifiers. Yeah. <laughs> so it just works better for their transmissions. Okay. But whatever. But for the power steering, it is what it is. Yeah, you just need a hydraulic fluid for the power steering because yep. it is a hydraulic system. Yep. So, yeah, you had to fill it up, crack the bleeder. You've got the truck jacked up so the wheels are off the ground, and mm-hmm. then turn the wheel back and forth and bump the starter with the coil lead unplugged to just cycle the pump at lower speeds. Right, without starting it up. Because when you fire it up and it just turns over, it will just churn the fluid. Mm-hmm. It makes foam and air. It just makes foam. Yep. So... The funny thing is, you probably didn't need to unplug a lead because it wouldn't start on the first bump anyway. No, but you had to do it multiple times. <laughs> I know. Um, the dog's making noise. I'm trying to get his attention. But, here. yeah, so then that was done. Then you just adjusted the carb. And then what else? Uh, adjusted the carb. We kind of did a visual inspection on the braking system because it was empty of fluid, mm-hmm. um, like bone dry of fluid. We weren't quite sure why. There's no obvious leaking anywhere. So the only assumption is that it's inside the booster. Black hole. Yes. The black, There's a black hole. Inside of the radar has a gateway to a parallel dimension, and the brake fluid is just traveling somewhere right. into a different dimension. Right. It's all It all goes along with the whole uh, carburetor flatter theory, I guess. Yes. So anyway, so there's no obvious leakage of brake fluid. There's nothing inside the rear wheel um, drum and the rear, rear brake drums. There's nothing leaking out of the bottom of the master cylinder, nothing leaking out of the back of the booster. The carpet is dry behind like where the booster would be, so it's not like leaking down the inside. So the only thing I can think of is it's going into like the diaphragm inside the booster must be bad. And it's leaking past and going back and going under vacuum back into the exhaust. Because it'll go into the cylinder head and then it's get burnt off through the exhaust. So it's got to be where it's going. So I think I need to put a new brake booster on it. Um, That's got to be. Yeah. Which would make sense, too, because sometimes when you're driving the vehicle, depending on situationally how you've been driving it and what the vacuum you is lose at, pressure. you'll have to double pump the brake to get the car to stop properly. Hmm. So it, it's a it's got to be a, a vacuum issue or a, it's something to do with the brake booster. So I'll probably try to find a used brake booster or even look for a new one. And That's a fairly easy, you know. I'll say it's fairly easy. It's hopefully a fairly easy change, so it's not not too big of a deal. Yeah. And there's Enzo. All right. Grabbing his bone and running away. See you, buddy. <laughs> so uh, hopefully there'll be a change. And that's actually the last thing the truck really needs to be drivable, drivable, is to make sure the brakes work. Because, I mean, it's running. It's running good. Yeah. Um, with the car, might need a little more fine-tuning here and there. Um, and anybody who's seen our Instagram page has seen my... Uh, air filter cover of the piece of plastic yeah. with zip ties yeah. holding it on. So I just need to wait for the new air filter lid to come in before I drive it anywhere. So I'll get that taken care of, and it's pretty much ready to go otherwise. So that is excellent. 
It'll be good to get out on the trails, hopefully pretty soon. So we'll be distracted by the dog here. Uh-oh. Nope. <laughs> That's fine. He's, he's fine. Whatever. I thought the door wasn't open for him to go back upstairs, and he was upset at us, but nope. It's fine. Nope. And now Stephanie's down here trying to lure him with a container of peanut butter, but he's not going for it. He wants to hide under the table with his bone. All right. Whatever. Anyway, what was, what was next after Project Car Updates? I think we're going to go right into questions. I have Sounds good else. to me. Let's see. Uh, John Rimmer. Oh, we this Facebook is on Facebook or Instagram. Excellent. Okay. Uh, where's my sticker? And uh, so Andrew has been I, sacked. Yep, I've been fired. <laughs> and uh, I feel yep. like we talked about that before I too with him. Definitely forgot. I need to send out a couple stickers to John. I need to send out uh, some to Yeti Overland. Uh, I'm running low. I'm going to get some more. I will have some stickers. We'll both have stickers on us at Radwood if you're there. Because we're going to Radwood, which is still amazing. So you can get some stickers in person from us there. But uh, anyway, sorry, John. We'll get you some. They're free. You can wait. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Uh, Jordan Mellum, can you guys record a special episode after a case of barrel-aged beer and call it Blotto Off Topic? 150,000%. <laughs> I'll help. So uh, so this came, this came up because I was discussing yeah, what is this beer? Uh, DKML, yeah. uh, which is by Founders, the company that makes breakfast out, yeah. which is delicious. It is really good. Um, but what, is, what does D- it stand for? DKML is, it stands for Dick Kicking Malt Liquor. Um, it's a bourbon barrel-aged ale. Um, it's 14, this particular batch is 14 and a half percent alcohol content. Love bourbon barrel aged. It's basically bourbon beer. Like it's basically bourbon. Like it, it's, it's just a really smooth, it's just really good. And I've had it on draft a couple of times and I was at, um, the liquor store here in Danvers and I saw it in a bottle and I was like, uh, I'm going to try it in a bottle because on draft it's delicious but obviously you have to be careful cuz you're out and about mm. and you can't drink too much 14% alcohol when you're out and about they probably won't serve you that much either they serve it in like 8 ounce snifters yeah like a brandy snifter i remember there was one place we used to go to they if if they had a beer like that they'd only serve you like two of them mm-hmm. well i don't think that the last place i had it was at a place in Haverhill Massachusetts yep called um the barking dog alehouse and I think he was willing to give me as much of it as I wanted. Okay. Because he just, you know, was a cool guy and he knew I was cool and wasn't going to get him in trouble. So I had to... Just two cool guys. Just two cool guys. Two wild and crazy guys. Um, but I didn't have too much of it. So, And I didn't have to drive home either, which was made it advantageous. And there you go. Too much, so... But normally, if I go out, I have to drive home, so I can't even drink one 14% beer because I might as well drink. The so yes, uh, we would definitely have some and do a podcast. Yeah. So anyway, we I will get some founders DKMLs, and we'll all sit around and join. Maybe for Christmas, definitely join us, and we can have. I, I do like the idea of calling be it our Christmas episode. I do like the idea of calling it Blotto Off Topic. That is a good idea. All right. Uh, Kevin Roy asks, what are your opinions on the possibility the next generation Montero will be sharing the same platform as the Nissan Patrol? I'm totally fine with it. I am totally fine with it, too. I just pulled up the Patrol, so it's an Australian market truck. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, 5.6 liter V8. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 7-speed automatic. 
It'll to be work. expected in this day and age. 3,500 kilos towing capacity. I was going to say, is that how much drugs comes in the back? What are you talking about here? KG, is it kilos or kilograms? Uh, isn't I don't know. that the same thing? I, I don't know, maybe. Yes. It's metric. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, does have four-wheel drive, multi-service selection. Ooh, and rear-view camera. Well, that's something that's mandated now in this country anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with it. We don't get the current version I, of I the Montero a, or the current version of the Patrol here. So. I think it's a good-looking truck. Uh, Looks-wise, it doesn't matter because it's going to be different when it comes here. It, well, it'll probably... Or have Mitsubishi sheet metal. Yeah, barely. I mean, and they'll probably refresh like the front and rear bumper and the grill, and that'll probably be the only difference. It's kind of sort of got like box flares. Uh, it, I mean, it looks a lot to me like a... QX56. Yeah, or, or like a... I mean, like the fourth gen Montero, which is available overseas. This looks like what would be a third gen Montero, a uh, fifth. Sorry, a fifth gen Montero. Like, like it looks reminiscent of it. It looks, it looks like a Montero with a Titan grill. Yeah, yeah, I'd be cool with it. Yeah, the inside looks nice. I mean, it would probably be seventy-five thousand dollars, so we're not going to buy one anytime soon. But oh, hydraulic body motion, hydraulic body motion control suspension system. Acting as both shock absorbers and stabilizer bars. That sounds interesting. Sounds complicated. I like it. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm totally fine. And we've talked about this on other podcasts, too, in the past, about the whole Nissan and Mitsubishi partnership, that we'd be fine with a rear-wheel drive 370Z-based Starion mm. and, you know, bringing back all oh, kinds of nameplates oh, based on Nissan cars. Badge engineer a bunch of shit. Let's yeah, do it. because N- Nissan has a pretty decent lineup. I mean, their economy car isn't wonderful, but neither is Mitsubishi's. So I'm not sure which is worse, a Mirage or uh, what's the what's the tiny one they have? Versa. The Versa, yeah. I'm not sure which car is worse. They're both pretty terrible. But I mean, they're good. They're good in their own right for what they are because they're they're cheap, you know, commuter vehicles. But yeah, I'm just fine. Just yeah, badge engineer everything because Nissan has plenty of newer vehicles and. Mitsubishi's still trying to sell us 08 Lancers, so... Uh, yeah, because the... All right, so that Lancer came out in 07. Sorry, 07 Lancers, whatever. And it it's the same friggin' car, except yeah. for being facelifted. Yeah, like five times. And having uh, an updated radio. And the mandated backup camera. Yeah, so <laughs> it's now 10 years old. Well, 2000... What year is it? So 07? 07. Yeah, so almost 11 yeah, years old. 10 years Crazy. old. Which means it was designed in 03... <laughs> Oh <laughs> four, yeah. So it's an old car at this point. Oh, it needs to be replaced. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And I could, the, I could totally see. I mean, the Altima is kind of old too when you think about it. Um, and I hate the Altima tremendously, and I hate to see anything Mitsubishi based on Altima for that fact. But it just would make more sense. Yeah. It just motor options, the V six option, the hybrid option, the four cylinder option. It just makes more sense. Yeah. So as far as Facebook questions go, um, make sure you set your, if you follow us, set your page options to see our posts first, because that way you can actually yeah, see buried, the posts for uh, questions. Yeah. I think we got buried there, but regardless. Well, we definitely did. It'll, it'll say how many people saw the post and it's not that many. Yeah. Which is weird because we had a lot of action on Instagram, which is cool. So we're going to go to that next. Pull that up. Do, do, do. 
well prepared. Well, normally we have two computers in front of us, but I haven't been home yet since work, so I didn't bring my computer with me. Pew, 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 pew. So, so I'm trying to do this all on my phone, <laughs> and it's just not easy. Do, 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 I do like do, the music do, in the background. Do the whole music. Do, 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 All right, do. I got you. You got it? I got you. Let me know when you're ready. Sounds like you're ready. You ready? Go ahead. All right. First question on the auto off topic yep. Instagram page. Vintage Auto Mags. Yes. Um, who's actually pretty cool. That guy sells old car magazines. Yep. Which ties right into what we talked about last week with the print not being dead yet Mm -hmm. so anyway um give him a follow what's the best road trip you've ever been on go ahead andrew mine uh is definitely going to the tail of dragon okay 100 percent. i was with you for that yep nice oh that was a good trip yeah that was really good but driving across maine was really good too that was the off-road trip that wasn't a road trip it was on roads. <laughs> We're going. We don't need roads. It was a trip, and it was on roads. There was a lot of off-road, though. It wasn't just roads. I mean, it was it was cool. Oh, you're being so pedantic right now. I definitely am. But he said road trip, so he didn't say off-road trip. Um, I, despite reasons, did enjoy my West Coast uh, coastal trip. I drove mm. from Seattle all the way down to Southern California and then across to Phoenix, all pretty much entirely along the coast. So oh, Route 1. Yeah. South. We, here. Yeah. To Quincy? Yeah. No. <laughs> US, US 1 from Seattle, Washington to San Diego. Yeah. Which was pretty epic. Yeah, because we did one, actually, You, it was, Stephanie was my girlfriend at the time, but we went from, like, Phoenix up towards northern Arizona, oh, yeah, Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried to get to Zion and Utah, but we got messed up with time zones because we lost we, an hour yeah. from Arizona to Utah. As we've proven time and time again, we are not very good at math. Yes. Uh, and then we went through Las Vegas and then out to San Diego. So that was a fun one. Yeah, that was good, too. But I'd say my best is definitely US 1 from pretty much pretty much from Seattle to San Diego. That was that's a, a good pretty one. epic road That's trip. Good one. Yeah. There's a lot of cool scenery on that trip. Yep. Um, and I definitely, the Tale of Dragon trip, when you had your Galant and I had my Conquest, was pretty awesome as well. That's mm-hmm. a, definitely a close second. All right. So, Dave LC2, um, what car are you most looking forward to seeing at Radwood 2? Ooh. Uh, I heard there's going to be an AMG Hammer there. That seems interesting. That's pretty sweet. Uh, what else? Oh, I, I'm interested to see Matt Farah's Mustang because I hear so much about it. Also pretty cool. Yeah. Plus, we had a friend that built one. Very similar car. Very similar 10 yep. years prior. Yeah. Very similar car. Same tubular K members. Max yeah, all the maximum motorsports stuff. Yeah. Wide body fender flares. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much the same car in a fastback. Yeah. Because I think Matt Ferris' car is a notchback, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm most interested to see the factory Mazda cars. Oh, right. I guess Mazda's bringing four cars out of their collection. I hear the Pearson's bringing stuff, too. Oh, which should be Uber awesome. has it. So. Um, but I know that one of the cars that Mazda's bringing is a Cosmo. So the late 80s, early 90s Cosmos. That might be 89 or 90. That's I'm cool. not sure of the year. It's the first production car to have sat-nav, which oh, is kind of cool. Yeah. It's a 20B three-rotor, like, Grand Touring car. That's cool. I've never seen one of those. That would be cool to see. Sweet. So I'd say that one. 
Next question's from uh, our buddy Paul, Osaka Flaka. Yep. He says, uh, what do you do to prepare your cars for winter storage? Andrew, why don't you start with that one? I think we t- touched on this before, but we can go through it quickly. Well, uh, since I have them here right in my garage that stays fairly warm, I mean, it, <clears throat> of course I make sure that the coolant is the correct dilution so it doesn't freeze. And the um, I put battery tenders on it mm-hmm. so the batteries don't die. And that's about it. I might make sure the tires are pumped up, even overinflated, so mm-hmm. flat spot. But that's about it. Um, yeah, you don't have to worry as much about it because you're here and you walk past them all the time because yeah. they're in your garage. Um, I have a couple different methods I use. They're pretty similar. Oh, I throw a little dry gas in them. Okay. Yeah, I have a couple of methods I use that are pretty similar to one another. Um, cause most of my cars are stored indoors, thankfully, but there are a couple that are stored outside. Um, and the ones that are stored outside, I like to make sure they're not on grass. Yep. And if they are, if there's no way to not have be parked on dirt or grass to have a plastic tarp below the car, which is mm-hmm. good for keeping moisture from the ground off the bottom of the car, uh, and a good car cover on top. Yep. But uh, as far as prepping the car, I usually fill them with, I think I talked about it before, the, like, bounce dryer sheets because it, um, the scent of them um, is keeps not... Keeps rodents yeah, away keeps rodents for some away somehow. Um, so, yeah, the bounce dryer sheets and, like, Irish spring soap bars in various places in the car. They basically do the same thing the old school mothballs did. Without smelling like mothballs? With moth the advantage balls? of your car not smelling like mothballs in the spring. Yes, I... Irish Spring definitely smells a lot better than mothballs. Everything smells better than mothballs. Yeah. So it has the same effect as a mothball without, you know, being a mothball. So, and I mean, I live pretty deep in the woods uh, and on the edge of a lake. Mm-hmm. And we certainly have rodents, tons of rodents, and tons of snakes, and tons of all kinds of woodland creatures. Um, and I've lived there since 09, and I've always had at least one car parked outside next to the house, and I haven't had a problem. By doing using that method, so and even at my camper trailer that's left up in Maine, which is the premise is the same, even though it's a trailer, I've had the same luck with just filling it with those items and not having rodent issues. So I swear by it, and that's that coupled with a car cover, or if you can swing somehow getting one of those Quonset huts, those work pretty well as long as they're properly anchored to the ground. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Nothing fancy, and I'll same thing. Dry gas. Make sure all the fluids are topped off. Make sure the coolant is effective enough for mm-hmm. the temperatures we're going to see. So, yeah. What was yours good to? Negative sixty-eight. Negative uh, sixty-seven. Okay. So and your father was quite panicked about that. Yes. Because he didn't realize that it was negative sixty-seven. Yes. To which we had to gently remind him that nothing will freeze at positive sixty-seven degrees. I think you. it was a. It's okay. <laughs> I forgot that tool is called. It's like a spectrometer or something. Yeah, there was a name for it. It was super <laughs> fancy because the one that I've always used, the one that my father always had when the, I was growing the floating up, bo- plastic it's just balls. five floating plastic balls. You, you, It's like an eyedropper-looking thing. You put it in the coolant and squeeze it, and the coolant goes into it, and if three or more of the balls float to the top, that means that the potency is good enough to be to zero degrees. So Yeah, because they have like different... Um, Buoyancy and different. I, don't, I have no idea how it works. I just know how to read it. Yeah, basically, it's it's the mixture of of water to ethylene glycol and all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, 
technically pure water cools better. Yes, but it freezes. But it freezes. So, and, and also the advantage to not just running cool straight water is that the coolant has like anti-corrosive properties yeah. to it. Yeah. So if you run straight water in your car, even if you're someplace where you don't have to worry about it freezing, you run the risk of damaging inside of important components with rust. I think you could put stuff in it. Maybe. Yeah, but then you might as well just use coolant, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but if you're going to run a little like, coolant and a little water wetter and call it a day. Yeah, but if you're going to run like a bunch of track days, I think sometimes they make you run water. Mm-hmm. Just drag strips usually make you run straight water. Yeah, certain certain drag strips. Yeah. But anyway, uh, next question. JP Rally. I think it's the first time question asker. Yes. Uh, I am looking to enter the 24 hour of Lemons Rally in January. I already have too many cars. <laughs> Really there on that one, uh, but none of them really meet the lemons criteria. What should I buy that would be a fun long distance event? Fun for a long distance event, and I could easily resell afterwards. Ooh. Is there a dollar figure lemons criteria, or is it just like bring something that shouldn't finish the rally? I think there is a dollar figure. I feel like when I heard Jay Lamb interviewed on DWA, they were talking about he was talking about doing. Uh, like a 10% of value class for the future. Okay. Where it's like you can buy a car up to 10% of its original purchase price. Okay. That makes sense. Which that opens up a lot of really fun cars, you know, like a car that was $30,000 new, right? It would be three grand. Right. So something like that. But I don't know. What would you buy? Say it's... I mean, the idea is that it's supposed to be like $500 car, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody actually does that. Well, it's hard to buy a $500 car nowadays anyway. Yeah. It, most running cars are a grand. Yeah. All right. So what would you get for around a grand? I mean, That I, would be weird and then drivable. Like, it's got to be weird and kind of fun. So here's the thing. different. We talked about this before. What? I kind of lived the Lemons Rally life every day. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> how hipster of you. I would buy I would buy anything that's old and weird. I mean, I, I mean, guess if I'm looking for reliability, I'd try to find something old and Japanese. Yeah. If you if you literally showed up in your, you could show up in your Colt. Yeah. And, like my brown 80 Colt hatchback would be the perfect okay, lemon. Okay. Car. So find a, like a, not, I, I don't want to say they're terrible. Find a boring Econo hatchback from the 80s because mm. they're kind of cool now. And the, problem, and the cool thing is that most economy hatchbacks from the 80s are pretty fun cars to drive at their core. Yeah. Like, they're not really the penalty box that they became in the late 90s. You probably won't make money on it, but you'd probably sell it for what you bought it for. Well, I mean, I can almost guarantee you that if he does buy that formula when he's done with it, he can just message us and I'll buy it from him. Okay. Because it'll just fit into my collection of crap. So what would you <laughs> what would you buy? Um, well, just today, we were talking oh, yeah. to our friend a Dodge who Omni. Bought, who's looking at buying a Dodge Omni. Yeah. So it's a really cool-looking Dodge Omni. It's basically a GLH... But not. So yeah. it's not on turbo. It's okay. 2.2. 2. It's got a cool interior. It's got the little pepper pot alloys, some fog lights on it. And it looks like a cool little rally car. All right. And it's a stick. And that, that'd be a fun little car. That would be cool. Um, Volkswagen Rabbits are up there. Um, you can still get a base model Rabbit fairly inexpensively. <clears throat> Which it, 
always struck me how much a Dodge Omni looks like a Mark II Golf. Like, and I think that's on purpose. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. All those cars kind of have similar lines to them. Yeah. Um, if you can find a first-gen Mitsubishi Mirage, which would be a Dodge Colt, or Mitsubishi Mirage they were sold as, yeah. that would be cool. Even a second-gen Mirage would be cool. Um, I don't know. I think I think we're on the right track. Small 80s front-wheel drive economy car like a Ford, is the way to go. Like a... No, the Escorts, they're pretty terrible. No? Yeah, the 80s Escorts. Until about, you get to the late 80s with about, the GTs. What about Tempo? That's terrible, and I won't buy it from him in the end. <laughs> it's got to be a stick. <laughs> um, oh, like a, if you find like an early Mazda? Like a GLC? Well, yeah, you probably won't. GLC but, is the hatchback. Yeah, but what about just like a... Or a later car be the 323. Just a regular 323. Yep, not, not, a, a, not a GTX. Yeah. Yep. That'd be a good car, because those, some of those have twin cams in them, too. Mm-hmm. They have the same Miata motor in them. Suzuki you know, Swift? Yep. Uh, Probably not a GTI for the money you're looking for, but nope. a regular Swift or even a Geo Metro would be a fun little dumb car to do it in. Um, what's the Chevy oh, one? Oh, 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 uh, Metro. No, no. What's the Chevy with the turbo? Sprint? Oh, Sprint. Okay. Yep. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I had down on my head. Uh, Geostorm. Okay. Geostorm GSI with the little 1.6 liter twin cam. All right. I, I have a, a weird, like, I kind of want one, the first gen. Or the three cylinders, the metros. Those are metros, yeah. And the Suzuki Swift. Terrible. Su- well, you already suggested a Suzuki Swift. It's the same oh, damn car. Is it? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> what about uh, like an early Saturn? The, an SW two. Yeah. Absolutely, with the twin cam. Those are great little cars too. A yeah. lot of fun to drive. Yeah. I mean, there's a million cars out there. You can just Craig, definitely just, consider just, just Craigslist fifteen hundred dollars and down, and whatever comes the manual. And seems fun. Just go with it. Definitely considered Lemon's cars because they're just old and kind of crummy. Yeah. I mean, what's the key, a key Lemon's car would be like a, a Miata or a Volvo. It's what everybody thinks of. I think Lemon's cars. But this isn't Lemon's racing. It's Lemon's rally. It's different. Yeah. And, it's just uh, a, I don't know, a rally for crap cans. people that like pain. <laughs> oh, I mean, the like Roadkill guys did it last year in their yeah, uh, I, short wheelbase Lincoln. You know... <laughs> I'm not gonna. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say like, you want to do a real rally? You do the winter challenge rally, and you do it in an old shitty car, <laughs> right? Which is what we did. Yeah, and it was awesome. And we had the other guys that it, that were staged in front of us in an XR4Ti without heat. Oh, no, perfect no. XR4Ti. That's the car you want to do the lemons rally in. There you go. And that's definitely a car that if you get it cheap enough and want to sell it cheap enough, when you're done, I will buy from you in a second. <laughs> Because I love those cars. Those are pretty cool cars. Yep. Actually, Absolutely. I forgot to look at Craigslist for those lately. So. I absolutely love those cars. I have an alert now, so <laughs> you won't miss any. Don't worry. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. XR4TI, final answer. All right. Did you lose it, Andrew? You need me to go on? I did lose it. Escuderia Boricua. I don't know how to say that word, and I feel like I should. Um, I also don't know the origin of it, but I know that people who are from... The island nation of Puerto Rico call themselves Boracua, Boraca, Borica. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not going to help you. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. And I know that they call themselves that, so I'm assuming that it's okay for me to use that word because it's not a slur. I don't know how to say it. Anyway. I know he was running a E36 rally car. I think he got something else different. He has an FRS now. FRS now. RBRZ probably, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, he's from Puerto Rico, and he's a rally driver. You know what his tow vehicle is? I do not. 
uh, Caprice Woody Wagon. That's pretty badass, actually. So uh, uh, he asked... Oh, uh, uh, Buick Roadmaster. Even. Buick Roadmaster. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Oh, they didn't do a Woody Wagon. Yeah, like whatever. Uh, okay, that would be a good Lemons Rally car, too. Any B-body GM car. So Roadmaster, um, Caprice, or Cadillac... We just saw a, an Impala SS on the road the yeah, other day. Yeah, we did, actually. Yep. And you said those are kind of like the bottom. Oh, they're the bottom right now. Bottom, bottom, bottom. That'd be cool. And his question is, are you coming to Snowdrift, or have you ever been? Uh, I've never been to Snowdrift. Nope, never been. Um, I'd like to go. The problem is, it's in early January, and it's cold and snowy. And well, about Snowdrift for nothing. <laughs> yeah, and last year it was like, well, I could go to Snowdrift, or... Or I could go to Florida and go to the 24 Hours of Le Mans, where 24 is, Hours of Daytona. Where is Snowdrift? It's in Michigan. Okay. That's not conducive to me traveling there in January. So <laughs> <laughs> it's cool because it's a rally, but it's in the snow. So I'm like, eh, you got to stand outside for a long time because that's usually what happens in rallies. Uh, there's a lot of standing around and waiting for cars to go by. However, when I was in Florida... It rained. Do we go snowdrift this year? Maybe. I mean, talk about that. That's. It was either that, or I was like, maybe I'll go back to the twenty-four hours of Daytona, and hopefully it won't rain. It'll be warm. That would cost more money. It didn't cost me that much money, but I think I feel like we could just drive to Michigan in a day. Yeah, and I, I I want to talk about that. I think that based on what's going on in my professional life at the moment, I think I can probably pull it off. All right. Um, we'll see. So, yeah. Uh, I've never been to Snowdrift. Andrew's never been to Snowdrift. I kind of want to kind of want to go now. Yeah. We just talked to people wanting to have pain and go to Lemons Rally, and they were like, yeah, I'll go stay in the snow in Michigan in January. Well, we know the hell not? We know enough people. There's probably some place we can crash with other people. So. Well, let's put it this way. If uh, Escaduria Boricua, Bor- oh, I got to learn that. Somebody's going to have to tell us. Send us a message. Like a uh, uh, voice message. Yeah. <laughs> an email, an email with, a, with, a, with an MP3 file attached. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll come out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm down. I, th- I think I'm down. I think we should do it. All right. Next question. You can go. I've heard all the questions so far. Throttle by Cable asks. Tired talking. Your favorite flop slash poorly received slash crap car. He says, I really like the RX-8 if it had a better motor. I really like the Riata for some reason. Buick Riata. Oh, I loved my C5 Allroad. Um, That's why I was on in our chat today. That's why I was on RX-8s because of this question. Oh, okay. I was like, how cheap are these things? They're pretty cheap. Because I don't think they're as terrible as everybody says they are. a $1,500 running car close to us. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good deal. I I was like, all right, manual transmission, rear-wheel drive, Yep. $1,500. Yeah. How could you go wrong? 180,000 miles. it has already had the motor replaced. Yeah. So at seventy thousand miles, how do you so it's go only wrong? half old. How do you go wrong? You so don't. It's probably a thousand dollars worth of parts. I feel like you drive it and you do your regular maintenance, like you change the oil and stuff, but yeah. otherwise if it blows up, it blows up. So it gave me an awful thought what? after you sent it to me. Well, everything in my mind goes into when this car is crap and we're all done with it, what are the parts good for? Yeah. And immediately my mind went to Renesis Rotary 6B Dodge Colt. Uh, I guess that, I don't know, people like get really weird with those engines. They like, 
they'll do like hybrids with like older rotaries with like oh, I'm sure the bolt stuff. pattern's the same. So maybe I could just use the six speed transmission and an old thirteen B and make a thirteen B six speed Dodge Colt. Okay. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, we already get the car. You already got all the donor parts to do it. Yeah, I don't know. It's got LSD in it. You probably figure out how to use that diff somehow. Probably not, but that's... I don't know. But whatever. Uh, yeah. Buick Riata. So definitely, uh, yeah, the RX-8 definitely flopped. Yep. Uh, I think in hindsight, it was a right car, wrong time maybe, or like... No, it was right car, right time, wrong motor. The rotary didn't have the reputation still. Because they came off the twin turbo FD RX-7s, which were known for blowing up. I think that's what people wanted. They wanted another FD. So they wanted another And they got FD. this weird coupe thing with suicide doors. Yep. And they're like, what the hell is this? So a normal car buyer knew the reputation of the FD RX-7 is blowing up. Yeah. A sports car buyer didn't want a three-door because that was like a Saturn. Yeah. You know, they didn't want this weird three-door car. it's not. Car. I don't, I still don't think it's a super pretty car. I did drive it's one. It's not ugly. That, it's not ugly either. I did drive one when it was fairly new. We had a used one at the Infinity mm-hmm. dealership. Yeah, I've driven a couple of them. And it was really, really nice. It's a very fun car to drive. Like, super fun. Super but balanced chassis. The problem wasn't necessarily that it was a bad car. It was just for the same money you could buy a 350Z. Yes. And the 350Z had more, I guess, it was a better looking car, I think. It's and a it had better more, looking car. It was more reliable. More reliable. Those and are gas mileage, too, because yeah. the motorists don't get great gas mileage. Those are... In my opinion, in that generation, a actually a G35 coupe with a track package. So the Brembo's in six-speed. Yep. Also the Volk wheels. Sl- slightly longer car. Had, it's a very it was two plus car. two. Yeah. Um, so it had a slightly usable back seat. And it didn't. the two plus two didn't look odd like it did in the early Z cars. No, it good. Um, that is one of my favorite cars. It probably would have looked odd if they kept if they made a Z with a Z nose and a Z tail out of two yeah. plus two. But because they made it a whole different car, it didn't have odd. That is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite cars of yeah. the mid two thousands. Yeah, they're good cars. And I was always a fan of the first gen G thirty five sedans. Yes. When you had that weird trunk lid and you get it in rear wheel drive with a six speed. Yes. Um anyway. Moving on from the RX eight, I don't think it's a bad car. I think it flopped because its competition at the time was too strong. Um, the Riata, I have absolutely no redeeming good qualities about that car to tell you why you like it or don't like it. Um, that was another, definitely a flop and I will say a crap car. All right. So I don't like to make fun of other people's cars because my cars are pretty terrible in the eyes of most people, but yeah. I, I just, I don't understand the Riata. It's so, a GM front wheel drive V6 convertible Buick with pop-up headlights. So uh, a flop car, definitely um, 2008 to 2010 Evo. Yeah, because it's still brand new one sitting on the lot. <laughs> no, it was totally, and it was, what it was, um, the I car, it was, it was the right, expensive. no, it was the right car, wrong economy. Okay. The car was brand new. It debuted in 2008. What happened in 2008? Economy crashed. Economy crashed, yeah. The car was only, my GSR was only $32,000 in 2008. Oh, it's not terrible, terrible. That was what uh, Evo 8 cost. Yeah. Yeah, my Evo 8 was almost that. It was uh, an, It was like clean sheet, very advanced car. Had the economy been stronger, they would have sold more. They had a one-make series set to go in England. They had all these Evos lined up. 
But because the, the economy shit the bed, they did nothing with them. They had to, like, auction them off or something. That's weird. They're probably rally cars now. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, that car was a flip. That was a flop car. That was definitely shouldn't have been a flop car because it was a really good car. Yeah, it was still a good car. Yeah, just bad timing. Um, um, this was kind of. A flop I always, car. I always like crap cars. So, I mean, I would drive a Yugo. I would drive a first gen Hyundai XL. You know, I don't have any issues with any of these things. Yeah, but what seems like a flop car that didn't do as well as it should have? I don't know. Top of my head, I can't really think of one right now. Um, Cadillac Katera. Yeah, there you go. First gen Kateras. Those were designed to compete with the smaller European um, luxury sports coupes, like a three series or a C class. Um, and they had, they were decent cars mm-hmm. with terrible GM parts support. Yes. That killed them. And they didn't have, they earned a reputation for being unreliable, but it was kind of undeserved. Because a lot of it was due to the dealership network not knowing how to deal with the cars. Because they were a complete departure from anything else in the line. And there was not a lot of parts bin parts. It was a lot of um, European GM parts. In hindsight, they're kind of boring looking. But at the time, it fit the design language of the time. So. Yeah. All right. Not terrible. All right. Let's go to the next question. Uh, well, he says, I love my C5 All-Road. I want to touch on that real quick. You should love a C5 All-Road. Because the only thing wrong what? with them is they... The air suspension? Well, the air suspension is bad. Um, what years were the C5? Well, years at 02, 03. Okay. They were two, I'm trying they, to picture it. They were 2.7. I don't know the designations like C5, C4. They were the same as like a B, uh, B5, A4, but bigger. So whatever that body style okay. six series okay. would have been. Those so. are pretty good looking. But it was um, basically an S4, a B5 S4 driveline. So it's 2.7 twin turbo. Okay. So it's a cool car. Very cool car. It's just they had a bad reputation, again, for reliability. So if you had one and it ran good and it wasn't unreliable, there's no reason not to love it. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah, I love crap cars. All right. Yeti Overland. Uh, in the Northeast, is flat towing a regular thing you see? In Colorado, it's almost every day. Uh, favorite being a Gasser 90s F20 flat towing and F250. semi F250. Yeah. Um, Flat towing is illegal in the state. It is illegal in the yeah. state. So, no, we don't see it at all. I did not notice it. I'd never even realized it was a thing until I drove cross country and I saw it a shit ton. Yeah. Like, well, for some reason, it's completely legal in the state. I don't know why. It was real weird. I'm like driving cross country. So, I've talked about it before. After I left the Taylor Dragon, I drove to Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I saw it a bunch on like I 40. And it was always like looked like like two auction cars or something and they would take the front bumper off of the rear car and the rear bumper off of the towing car and like weld on two strap plates yeah. it was either and it was like these like welded bars that would hold the two bumper beams together yep. it's super sketchy and then like run you know led brake lights to the back of the other car yeah, I, I so noticed it a lot one time when I was driving in Florida, and the car in the back would always have in like shoe polish letters in tow on the back window. Uh, I think I start with a bunch, yeah, a bunch of cars, and I start with like school buses. I was like, that is so yeah. weird. Yeah, we definitely don't see it at all here, just because it's it, it's illegal. You yeah. do it on the highway here, you get pulled over immediately. And I'm not sure about New Hampshire or Maine. It must be illegal there too, because they never see it. It must be illegal everywhere in New England. 
Yeah, I just never see it. I've never seen it. The only time I've ever seen it is when we've done it. <laughs> no, I've never done it on the street. Uh, done it like across the street. Yeah, we've done it like short distances on the street. I've never. Yeah, I have. I've only seen it like done at like rallies. Oh, I've done it like on like one fourteen. Oh no, work is working at a dealership. A guy will go out in a customer car. It'll break down at one fourteen. Oh yeah, whatever. I'll go out and retrieve it. But I mean, we're talking, you know. A quarter of a mile, not tens of hundreds of miles. Yeah. All right. And then Yeti Overland has one final question. Uh, he says, Eastwood products came up in an earlier podcast. Worth the shipping to get their coating products? I don't think so anymore. No? I think it used to be. Um, but I think you can get an alternative at your local body shop supply store now that's just as good. If you can get there during business hours. Or you can get one that will deliver, or yeah. you have a friend in the industry that can get it for you, deliver to his shop. But m- most everything at Eastwood has is an SEM equivalent to. Okay. Um, I used the radiator coating. That worked really well. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not. It, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not, I'm, um, not, I'm not discrediting Eastwood's products. I've used the manifold coating. Mm-hmm. Works pretty well. So, But if it's a convenience thing, then, yeah, absolutely go for it. But yeah. if you can just go to your local jobber and get... An SEM version of the same. As far as like suspension paint, like semi gloss black for like suspension stuff, mm-hmm. the VHT epoxy paint you buy at like Advance. That's the engine paint too, right? They have an engine paint version, yeah, okay. a heat version. But because yeah, like VHT was a very hot temperature, wasn't it? Yeah, they have a yeah. they have a suspension one. They call it like epoxy suspension paint, and I use okay. it on. I always use it on chassis parts, and it works great. Hmm. So, and it's yeah, cheap. no, I mean Eastwood stuff is great. There's no question about it, and I don't. I've, I've never had a problem with any of their products, but I just I work in the industry, and we don't use Eastwood products yeah. professionally. We use SEM, and you can just buy it local, and that's what I've always just right. used. So that's it for questions. Yes, it definitely is. Uh, the last comment we're going to the, the last comment is just some <laughs> weird spam account. spam account, and it just says, okay, then. This is dope. Yes. Eyes. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate spam account comments. Yeah. Just robo-accounts. Whatever. So the picture is your NSU this week. It is. That should make a return. Oh, it's only been parked since 2010, Andrew. So let's, uh, we haven't really mentioned it because there's so many other projects in my life. Yeah. I mean, I feel like though that should be the official vehicle of an off topic because it's just so off topic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, well, it's not uh it's not far. It's right here in Salem. It's right in Salem, parked nope. in the garage, collecting dust. I went and visited it about two months ago. We should just take that on the Lemons Rally. <laughs> is that, is that like, I think that's too obscure because if something does break, you're not fixing it. <laughs> it also still needs brakes. That's yeah. why I parked it in 2010 because it needs brakes. Yeah, if anybody has... It's not that I... Well, I can get the brakes. <clears throat> I, I, I 100% know where to get them. It's just... Having the spare four hundred dollars to buy them and get them shipped from Germany, ah, so it's just a cost thing. <clears throat> Sorry, and for now it sits. It's so dry down here. I honestly forget I own that car sometimes. I forgot you own that car, so until I was looking for photos to use, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's an NSU folder on my computer." Yeah, and then I think about the fact that I do still own the car, or do still have the car around, and I'm like, "Yeah, the NSU." It's like comforting that it's there. Yeah, but it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. I feel like I should be driving an air-cooled rear-engine car yeah. on a more regular basis. Make it happen. Yeah. 
One anyway, day. one day at a time, Andrew. One day at a time. Anything you want to plug? Uh, nothing in particular. Vintage Imports of New England is the Instagram page, or TSISS350 is we, my personal Instagram page. We appreciate all the questions. We do. It's really fun. Every week. Uh, Every other week. So something Every important. So, of course, if you like this podcast, you should go on Facebook and like our page. And then, like I said, set the updates to see our page first. And uh, that way you can see our question posts and our other posts. Uh, also, uh, so we are auto off topic podcast on Facebook, auto off topic on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I am raced in anger on Instagram. Please rate and review us on iTunes. And of course, share with a friend once again, very professional. Andrew. Yes. Thanks for listening and keep your cars analog. <laughs>